0: Hey, friends, this is Mike. Welcome to part two of my interview with shamanic healer Jackie Breezer. This is some pretty cool stuff she discussed in this podcast episode, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Here we go. Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast podcast. My goal is to help you with the questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul and particularly to help other left brain types like I think I am. Ask the right questions in our search for deeper meaning to life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. So here we go. So today's podcast is part two of my interview with Jackie. As I described in part one, Jackie is a shamanic healer. And part one, we kind of go through what that is. In this part, two, which is pretty interesting, we talk about some concepts. It starts with my discussion with her about the concept of hell. I I like to ask people that, especially when people are mediums, and Jackie has a gift of being both a medium and a healer. So that's covered in part one. But she she is a medium, and she's practiced as a medium professionally. And that comes into play, as you'll see. During her shamanic healing sessions, but we start out talking, and so since we're picking up from part one, what you'll hear her saying is uh, discussing the concept of hell and how she sees that in what she does. And uh, we also talk a little bit about reincarnation, and then we get into what a shamanic healing session looks like. So I think you really enjoy this, and it's about uh, about thirty minutes long. I cut cut her interview in half. Normally, I only make them thirty minutes, but it was so interesting that I wanted to keep talking with Jackie. So, hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Have you encountered the the subject of hell with anybody that's come through, or anybody that you've spoken with?
1: Um, uh, there have been, you know, clients who have asked, like, "Is my did my did my dad go to heaven or did he go to hell?" Um. My belief is that heaven and hell are, are really our choice of, it's, it's what we perceive as happy, as positive or happy or unhappy or, um, whatnot. So we make that construct ourselves and we use it to torture ourselves as we live on this planet, um, you know, with dogma and Um, fear-based conditioning of you better do this or you're going to go to hell. You better be, follow the good citizen checklist or you're not going to get where you need Mm -hmm. to go. Um, so, um, so it's people have asked me about it. Um, I believe that, you know, there's just another, there's another side, but there's levels of it. So some people might, um, be at a much higher level, um, more ascended, I guess, um, when they leave and they go to the other side and other people, um, may, may not be highly ascended, but, um, for me personally, I don't really believe in a place of hell. I think that that's, um, hell is what you make of it. And Jeez. I'm, it's not a belief that serves me or my, beliefs
0: okay do you believe that we come back here more than once
1: yeah so i do um uh, that's one thing that kind of surprised me when i started uh doing shamanic healing work with people is that um on several occasions i've had visions of past life things uh, or my clients while they're on the table they have visions of a past life thing and they'll say to me, oh, you know, I keep having a dream about, um you know, uh, about drowning and I've never drowned ever. And um, so, but then they're on the table and they have the dream. They like, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, what was that? And so um I've experienced and seen, and my clients, some of them have seen experiences where it's like, wow. That feels like it was me, but I was in a different body, in a different timeline, in a different, you know, experience of life. And so I think that we can come back hundreds of times. I actually did a um, quantum healing, um, past life, uh, regression, regression thing mm-hmm. with someone in Michigan, um, last year. And, um, it was interesting. Uh, past life came up for me that I hadn't, uh, seen before, but I felt, and that was uh where I was a shaman. I was actually a shaman in Peru huh. millions of years ago, I don't know oh. how many years ago, but it was like, whoa, because when I ended up going to shaman school and, and getting into this work, people were like, wow, how'd you get into that? I'm like, I don't know, man. I had that concussion. I was trying to find some alternative healing methods that might help me I saw an ad for shamanic healing. I was like, I'm supposed to do that. And I did. And then I got totally into it and it felt right and it felt like it was a part of me and I should an important for me to pursue and I did and then last year it was like, oh, now I get it. You know, and I feel like that in that lifetime I was a sh- like a medicine woman and shaman in some Peru village and actually in it was funny in the interview where they were doing the past life thing, I spoke Quechua, which is a di- dialect of um, that's spoken in Peru in some of the smaller villages, and um, and then when I listened to the recording later, I was like, "What? <laughs> that's Quechua? I don't know how to speak that." Like Jackie today doesn't know how to speak Quechua, but I know some some words in Quechua that I learned from my, um, shamanic training. And I was like, Whoa, how did I say that when I was under a hypnotized state? Um, you know, it it was just, it was fascinating. So I believe that our souls are, um, well, we, we come from a large energetic, um, soup out in the universe and we, Our souls decide we want to come down and have a human experience because we want to learn and grow and experience certain things for our ascension as a being. So we do. And then when that lifetime's over, we go back. We figure it out. We decide if we, do we need to go back again? What other lessons do we need to learn? And then we come back again and again and again. Um, I, um, didn't always necessarily believe that until i started doing the shaman stuff because i kept seeing past life things with clients and i was like whoa i gotta learn more about it so i did read a lot of things from dolores cannon um right. who um you know was kind of a pioneer in that area um she's passed now but um very fascinating um how actually how we before we even come down we agree like i'm gonna I'm going to come to this lifetime. I'm going to be born in this year to these two parents and I'm going to have this life experience and I'm going to have a, you know, I'm going to have a long lifespan and I'm going to suffer with fibromyalgia and, you know, like, like we know what we're signing up for before we sign up. And according to this work with Dolores, um, we're actually given options like, well, here's a couple options. Which one do you want? And then we we choose and we come down and we have that life experience. And um some of the things I've seen have been just really fascinating and beautiful. Have,
0: have you seen any evidence for soul groups?
1: Um, like soul families where you yeah. come back time and time the same again. People. Yeah. Yeah. Um I know like uh, I had a client one of my first clients, after I finished Shaman school, that I was working on when I was working on them on the table, I had this really clear vision that him and I were brothers before, and we were fighting in a battle together, and we were on a battlefield and And it was so vivid and real, I was like, "Whoa, like how how could I where is this coming from?" You know mm-hmm. um, Anyway, he is a soldier in this lifetime you know retired military person and um he, and his whole family is all military people and i'm like well you know it, it was just fascinating to me like wow i was there and we were brothers we were fighting together for our country and i don't know it was like 1500s or something like that
0: can can you explain uh i want to get to what shaman school and what being a shaman healer is and and i i did read Uh, part of your book, especially chapter 20 of your book. Uh, Jackie's book, by the way, is Lies I Thought Were True. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But so Lies I Thought Were True. And in chapter 20, your protagonist of your book, Shelby, is her name? Yes. Shelby goes through a shamanist, uh, shaman healing experience, right? So can you explain, um, to me that reminded me of my own past life regression kind of thing I've went through. <laughs> but, but can you explain, I guess, first of all, because when people hear the word shaman, right, they think, you know, of a bone through your nose and, uh and uh blood drippings and stuff. And, um and that it's, you know, it's the immediate connotation is maybe not as positive as, as, you know, we'd like it to be, but explain what it is for people that are listening.
1: Sure. Um, so, um, shamanic healing is really, um, an energetic healing modality that's been around for, I don't know, 40,000 years. If you think about it, before modern medicine, what did we have? We had healers in our villages and communities that, um, you know, used plant medicines or energy medicines or, um, uh, massage or healing and support. Um, we had t- very tight-knit communities where we supported each other, right? So how, and, and the big point is humanity survived, right? Before modern medicine. And so when I look at shamanism, it feels to me like going back to, to our roots because a lot of times we, we are energetic beings and our energy body remembers things far beyond um, our physical body when it, we're injured and it heals. I mean, you've heard stories probably of people who are amputees and they keep saying that they're big toe itches, right? It's right. because their energy body still remembers having an entire leg, right? And so, um, but we, we have our luminous energy field that is part, and, and works in tandem with our physical body, and um, as we live this lifetime, we we experience traumas. We have a car accident. We you know fall and break our elbow. We all these things that occur to us. We have trauma. Things happen, and um, and we do our best to heal with the tools we have today, uh, with modern medicine or whatever people pursue for healing. But sometimes people feel like I feel like 90 percent healed, but there's still something there. There's still something feels stuck. And so what I see a lot when I do shamanic uh, energy work on people is that um, their energy field still has stuck um, or crystallized energy from past injuries or trauma um, that's kind of holding them back. And so. When we do shamanic healing, it's um energy-based. So uh, basically a lot of the work, I put uh, my hands behind your head at the Heaven's Gate location, which is kind of it puts you in a theta state. Uh, you'd lay on the table for, it's about an hour. And I there's about 50 different shamanic healing tools that I've learned um, from my teacher from Peru that... Uh, I can use depending on what comes up in the session but often we can uh, clear uh, stuck energy from like a phys- past physical trauma or um, actually like emotional trauma do so you when a
0: problems? person comes to you for this type of session uh, your client lays on a table okay is it, is it like a massage table or do you have a special yep, table? Yep.
1: so it's a massage okay. table it's similar to like Reiki, where you, you know, come in, you lay fully clothed on the table. Um, you do set your healing intention. So um, in shamanic healing, um, it's really not the shaman that's doing the healing. It's the client. So mm-hmm. the patient or the client is the one that sets the healing intention. So um, what do you want to heal today? Like what what's on your mind? How are you feeling? What's going on? What what do you want to heal? And then they set the healing intention. Um, we use some shamanic tools to kind of set the stage, and then they get on the table. And then I work with their, um, chakra energy centers and their luminous energy field to clear energy blockages and, uh, really get things moving. Uh, cause oftentimes, um, the people that I see are, middle-aged well shoot you know if you've lived 50 years you've seen a lot of stuff you've been through a lot of things and um so after a session people will say oh wow i feel lighter i feel you know i feel different i was really relaxed on the table a lot of times people might say it almost felt like an out-of-body experience because it was very relaxed um are they are they conscious were they asleep
0: um, sometimes, people,
1: sometimes people fall asleep. Sometimes people are awake. Mostly their um, eyes are closed during that time, and sometimes people see things or have dreams. Sometimes people just have like a massive power nap and snore and the whole nine yards. It <laughs>
0: depends your- on
1: what what your body needs. So if you're overtired and you haven't slept well, you're and you need sleep then you might end up actually sleeping. But in the end, what happens on the table is what was meant to happen uh, for your healing for that day based on the healing intention that you set. So if, if a client comes in more than once, like they comes in once and a few months later comes in again, the healing intention is different the second time they come in. And so the experience is different. It might be uh completely different experience One the first time might have been a power nap the second time they might have like a um some interesting dreams or uh thinking see some colors or some things playing out in their mind that they're like oh i haven't thought about that in a long time and so it's it's different each time do you use hypnosis
0: do you use hypnosis
1: um no no, I mean do, I don't.
0: The do you use
1: standard hypnosis tools? No, this is. But the people do f- sometimes feel like a hypnotic state because they're relaxed.
0: Do, so but do you use other modalities like music or um, aromas or s- s- incense yeah. or all the above?
1: Yeah. So um, okay. we do use because it's energy healing. So we use vibration, and um, so I'll use a rattle. Which kind of breaks up, uh, stuck energy into smaller pieces so it can, can move more easily. I also have a shamanic drum that I use in a session that is just even more powerful, uh, kind of percussionist to kind of break things up and help energy move. I also use sage and burn different types of, um, aromatics that, uh, are for purifying purposes but also the smoke as it's like floating up in the air it's really like carrying away the uh the stuck things or the pieces of um debris or energetic what they call it. it's called hucha, but it's like basically the bad stuff you don't want and okay. it carried, it's carried away in the smoke and dissipated out into the into the universe. So that's do, do you
0: interview each client when they're done so that you know what they experienced? Is that part of the the healing yeah, process? So
1: after the session is done, we'll talk a bit and they'll ask about what their experience was or what they what they see or how they felt. Um, sometimes people have a lot to say. You know, sometimes people are like, whoa, I don't even know how to describe what just happened, <laughs> hmm. you know? Um, and so it, it's really um, unique to each individual. And um, so th- I have them share with me what they experienced, and then I share with them what I experienced or what I saw Um and and I'll share a little bit about what shamanic tools I might have used, so they have a sense for it. But um, so, and so then
0: I'm sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Oh,
1: I was just going to say, and then the instructions for at, like after a shamanic healing is really um, for people to drink a lot of water the first few days, because if you think about it, you have your energy body and your physical body working together now your energy body we just removed a bunch of stuck energy and um things that were keeping you vibrating at a lower level so now you're vibrating at a higher level but your physical body is down here and has to adjust and so if you're well hydrated um your body is more fluid and can more easily adapt to vibrating at a higher frequency and so i always tell people drink twice as much water as you normally do for the next couple of days so that you can adapt, and then people will say they sometimes they feel shifts in their consciousness um, in a few days or a few weeks, or sometimes even after a couple of months. Um, the shamanic healing brings all kinds of new um, like experiences for people. Uh, oftentimes, people feel lighter. They'll say to me, "I've been struggling with this issue for a long time," and like a couple days after the session, all of a sudden I had a new idea for a solution, right? And so it's like, you know, we just cleared out all these um, things that were stuck and keeping you your energy from flowing. So now you're flowing at a higher frequency and it's like, ooh, more possibilities, more um, energetic um, input, or just it really brings to light more opportunities for healing and, um, new insights to your life. Like, uh, do do you use your
0: mediumship gifts during a shamanic healing session? And if so, is that unusual or like, are there shamanic healers that don't have that dimension to the, to the work they do?
1: Sure. Um, I don't necessarily Um, use my mediumship abilities by themselves in a uh, shamanic healing session. I do, when we begin the session, I do a shamanic prayer that calls in the angels and archangels and creates this as a sacred space for healing. And, um, you know, so I'll see the archangels and I'll see the spirit guides for the person that's on the table uh, come in. And so I'll see some of that, um, but then I kind of keep it separate because I want to focus on the shaman- on the healing part and use the shamanic tools to help the person. Um, if, uh, like, let's say somebody's um, father who passed away a year ago shows up, when I'm calling in the angels and archangels and spirit guides, I'll be like, oh, hey, so so glad you could join us. Can you stand behind the angels? <laughs> you know what i mean because we're healing right now so you know but do you, step but, aside so, and
0: do you receive any kind of it. do you receive any kind of additional information about the person you're working on because you you have a mediumship gift or th- does every shamanic healer do that invite in the angels and archangels
1: um well i know in our tradition that i've been taught that's how we we call that in. Um, okay. I, not all shamans maybe see them like I see them or whatever, but it, it's pretty typical practice to, to call upon, um, the mountain spirits and the archangels to help us in our healing session. Um, and do angels,
0: um, do angels show up like we imagine angels to look like, or do they look different in the shamanic experience?
1: Um, to me they look the way they look the way that I think I was taught they were supposed to look. Right. right? Okay. So and I think that they show what when they show up for people, they look the way our brain is expecting them to look. They just want right? to make sure
0: the angels weren't showing up with bones in their noses. So Right. They okay. Right. Got it. So what you're describing is um, a pretty intense process that you go through is it therefore not possible to do this remotely is everything you do in person
1: um no you can do it remotely in fact um when i went through the shamanic training program um i live in a small remote area a small town and uh i was at the time i was like oh no we can't practice you know, my my new shaman friends we can't practice on each other or help each other out because i'm so far away but then our teacher was like, no, let's let's do a virtual session. Let's show you how it's done. And so um I have done many virtual sessions and people have had just as good a results as if they had one in person. Um so um and it works simply where all the things that I would do if you were laying on the table, I just imagine your energy body is laying on my table. Okay. And I'll have them Um, I'll have Zoom open, um, and they just lay on the couch or whatever, have the Zoom screen open to them nearby. We we talk in the beginning before the session. We set the healing intention. I use all the same tools. I shake the rattle. I do the drum. I burn the sage. I do all the same things over my table where their energy body is laying. Is that a drum
0: behind you? Is that a yes, drum? This is my behind shaman
1: you? drum here. Very fun. Um, I really enjoy playing it. My That's rattle. The rattle.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: Um but yeah, so uh, what else was I gonna say about that? Um yeah, virtual virtual sessions actually okay. work really well, especially now it's cold and food season and people are like, I don't wanna leave my house. And
0: sure. so so jackie we probably need to start wrapping up here but what 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 did you want to say that i didn't ask you like what do you think it's important that you might communicate to people that are listening to the podcast
1: um i think that it's really important for people to be open to alternative healing not just shamanic healing but other alternative alternative healing methods um you know, if, when I had my concussion a few years ago, uh, I was not getting better. And modern medicine was like, we can't do anything. You got to wait and see. And I, I mean, I went to speech therapy and I went through physical therapy and all these other things, right? And, they, and I passed a basic intelligence test and then they released me from treatment and neurology. But I went home that day and I was like, I am still not right." you know, I need, I have more healing to do and I want to figure it out. And so, um, I did a real deep dive in alternative healing things. I mean, I tried everything, acupuncture, cranial sacral therapy. Um, I did, uh, physical therapy, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to try it all because I want to get better. And, um, And it really opened up my eyes to all the possibilities for healing. And I mean, I've healed now from my concussion probably 10 times over, but I've also healed from things that, you know, I've been carrying around since I was a kid, too, you know, like emotional healing and letting things go and baggage of expectations and, you know, all those things from one from growing up. And it's like, um, I just feel like I'm, I wouldn't have ever gotten here had I not been open to trying all these things out. So when I look back on my life, I think that uh, concussion was really a pivot in my life because basically the universe smacked me upside the head and said, (laughs) you gotta switch gears and you gotta start doing, um, healing work instead. And, uh, it took me a while to figure that whole, thing out, but um, it definitely came together. And uh, if you had asked me before that accident happened to me or whatever, I don't know if I would have tried it or believed in it because, you know, I was really, I was trying to be like everyone else. And after I hit my head, I just knew that I, um, you know, I mean, I did not have a near death experience, but I sure had that, you know, crap scared out of me. Right. And it was like, you know what? If I have only a short time to live, I want to, I want to live. I want to do stuff. I want to have a bucket list and I want to do those things on that bucket list. And, uh, I want to heal and I want to, you know, be able to get along better with, um, you know, with the world and I want to find my place in the world and I want to finish writing my novel and I want to inspire other people to find healing because, you know, at the time I was like, you know, early fifties is like, well, well, I'm healed enough. I'm all right. I can. (laughs) It's like, no, if I'm in 30 more years, they're going to be good years. I'm going to figure out how to make that happen. And I think that uh, using alternative medicine uh, whichever ones work for the things you're facing is the way to get there. Good. Because humanity survived all this time um despite that. So I don't know.
0: That's great. I appreciate just be that. Open. Just and then be um open. I just
1: wanted to say something too about my book. So I I wrote this book I had been dreaming about. It's a novel about a girl who goes on a motorcycle ride adventure across the country. And a bunch of things happen to her on that ride. And at the end of the ride, she's pretty much realizes that she's trapped in conformity's cage and she needs to find her way in the world um, to be her unique self and find her own truth. And so that's what the story's about in there, of course my protagonist has a shamanic healing session to help her on her way. Oh surprise surprise. But
0: when you when you describe that shamanic healing session in the book, you know she's in a cage and she sees the people locked up and and the, the key. is that something that you actually experienced or is that just something you, you did for the book?
1: No so um, so the book is fiction, but there's a lot of my own personal experience in there and the very first time, I ever went to a shamanic uh, or even got exposed to shamanic whatever. Um, a friend invited me to a shamanic journeying meditation thing in Milwaukee, and I was like, Yeah, sure, I'll try it. And um, so I went and we, we did this journeying. You know, there was a, the drum beat in the background, uh, a skilled shaman walked us through the shamanic journey. I was laying on a yoga mat with about 20 other people, and I saw what Shelby saw in that book. Wow! <laughs> I,
0: cool. I saw
1: everything, and I was like, "Whoa, what is happening?" I'd never had an experience in a um, in a guided meditation that was like so um, vivid, and it, it just felt important. So when we we did this twenty minute meditation, and then when we came out, they were like, "Hey, let's." Write down what you experienced, and I was like, I hadn't even brought a pen or a notebook or anything, and I, I, I was like, hey, somebody give me a pen, give me a notebook. I got to write this <laughs> stuff down. This is really crazy. Yeah,
0: I, I thought that because the description you had in the book is 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 so unique, I suppose uh, that and uh, it seemed authentic. So that's why I was wondering where that came yeah. from.
1: And it, it is what I saw. So in that vision, I saw myself in a cage, in a dark place.
0: So don't give it away,
1: yes. And um, <laughs> but anyway, um, Shelby's journey is to find herself find her way out of conformity's cage. And so, uh, the book is called Lies I Thought Were True, and um, I'm working now to get that on Audible in February, so that will be out there uh, next month. And this is my first podcast that I'm doing, so. Thank you so much for the opportunity to get out in the world and talk about, talk about stuff. You
0: you speak like you've done this before. So that's great. Um, I'll put the links to your book in the show notes. How do people find you? Like they, they want to do a healing session with you.
1: Sure. Um, I, um, my website is, uh, beyondlimitsunited.com. So I'll give that to you for your show notes and some other information. You there's a scheduling link on there. You can schedule a appointment um, that way. Um, so Beyond
0: Limits Plural. United. United. Okay. beyondlimitsunited.com. Okay.
1: Yes. And um Yeah, and I think, you know, if if you hear this podcast and something pulls at you, like, hey, I need to check this out, maybe you need to honor that because it maybe could change the course of of your life. I don't know. It certainly changed the course of my life and brought a lot of healing to myself, um, my family, and the community that I live in here. Um, so it's definitely, uh, I feel like I found home. This is something that That's I'm supposed awesome, to be doing in the world.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you for your time. Best of luck to you with the book and future books, and I'm sure you're going to continue this journey. But, but really, I appreciate your time, and thank you for, for joining me.
1: Thank you, Mike.
0: Take uh, care. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.
0: All right, that wraps up things for today and ends my interview with Jackie everything that we discussed again just as a quick reminder this is on youtube as a video podcast so when she shows the drum for example as part of the the uh, discussion you can see it on the podcast the video part uh, and again you can just find me on youtube at mike nicholas unleashed all the uh, all the video podcasts are there and the show notes contain the link for her website and how you can get in touch with her for a session if, if you're interested in doing that uh, I think it I think it'd certainly be interesting and I plan to do it myself and I'll probably do another podcast talking about what happened anyway if you can hit the subscribe button that'd be great if you would kindly uh, you know leave a review that'd be even better and appreciate uh, you listening to my podcasts and I'll see you again soon bye bye